Coming up today on the show, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is officially open at Disneyland in California, so we break down all the different things you can do there, and we go over all the other latest Disney news and rumors. This is Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome everybody to Traveling with the Mouse. For Thursday, June the 6th, 2019, my name is Adam, and I am joined by John. Hello, everybody. So, yeah, so we missed another episode Monday because I was recovering from a very interesting archaeology challenge, I'll put it that way. So look forward to that episode coming up because it was definitely full of drama and a lot of excitement and other things happened so i won't give it all away but a lot of people have already followed us on twitter so we appreciate your support if you followed us if you haven't you can look forward to that recap coming up soon right so unless you've been living under a rock is that still a phrase uh galaxy's edge opened if you didn't know i will say this while you were off Running the Parkeology Challenge. Yes. Which I followed along. I had some time on my hands to watch some of the Galaxy's Edge stuff. And um, various different vloggers and uh, videos and what have you of it. The land looked pretty cool, I thought. Have you got a chance to watch any of it? Yeah, I've, I've caught up a little bit on a lot of the vlogger stuff that they've posted, you know. Adam the Woo and Justin Scard and Tim Tracker, all those I've watched in the Diz. So I've caught up on most of it, but yeah. there's probably some things I haven't seen yet. We've watched some of the same ones I have, but I've also watched on-ride videos that different you know places that just do the on-rides, usually not yeah. actual vlog. Right. I've watched what they have of okay. uh, Smuggler's Run. The various little things throughout the land though whenever they go into detail i've seen some people they gave you the experience of what it's like to do a lightsaber like to yeah. build a lightsaber mm-hmm. did you watch that one i have watched the the one that they yeah. just put out yeah on that one mm-hmm. that looks pretty cool too i still think that i prefer the droid making i just like yeah. the idea of having my own droid. <laughs> i haven't right i haven't watched like a walkthrough of what that process is but i did watch the lightsaber one and it does get to me a little cheesy in times like i'm not like that into it where i'm like i'm gonna choose my kyber yeah. crystal and hold my lightsaber yeah. up and well like when the you know the, when it was all said Yoda. and done yeah when it was all said and done when the saber was fully lit mm. it looked really impressive yeah. <laughs> i mean it looks it looked just like a lightsaber right i've so seen lightsabers it was pretty that, impressive I've seen them that well made before. You know, you can buy them online, but again, yeah, these are a lot cheaper for the price, right? Yeah, so that's a good thing. Um, Disney's trying to capitalize on. So you didn't watch any of the droid making process? No. What is what is the? I've seen like the store and stuff, but I haven't seen oh. people actually put them together. I've seen like the parts are all on a conveyor belt and moving around and stuff. So fill me in. Well, yeah, they had the parts on the conveyor belt coming coming over coming like around a corner. I guess mm-hmm. it's constantly moving, introducing him. You know, like he yeah, usually does. Right. So, 
I thought it was kind of odd, but it sounded a lot like him. But anyway. Anyway. You can, the out of the parts, I mean, if you wanted to, there's various different droids you can make. You have a choice between a BB unit right. or a R2 unit. Right. Which those look cool. Yeah. I look at that, I I would definitely choose an R2 unit just because I'm the old school. Yeah. I guess. But do the BB units actually function properly like an actual BB-8? I mean, that's kind of cool if it does. But I, Yeah, that I was wondering about that myself. I saw one just very briefly um, when they activated it. It appeared to. I think there's something that the head slides along, basically, when it moves. Oh, okay. So... Yeah, I mean, it's it's not like in the... It can't possibly be in the film where it's kind of floating slightly above it. <laughs> right. That's the way his a, head operates. Right, just kind of like magnetic, rolls on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it can't be exactly like that, okay. but it looks pretty impressive. Cool. Yeah. But like I say, I would still go with the classic R2 unit. Yeah. I probably would, too. Just make it some different colors. I don't. Would you do like all of this at one time though? Like, get yourself a lightsaber, try to do the droid, get some other merch, and then food. I mean, this you could easily spend like a thousand dollars in one day just doing a couple of things here. Yeah, this uh, this could get expensive uh, (laughs) real fast. Um, Because I I don't know. Yeah. The lightsabers are two hundred dollar, like two fifteen with tax, I think, something like that. And then the droid is a hundred, I believe, ninety nine dollars. But I imagine there's yeah. other things you can add to it to increase the price on that as well. Right, personality chips was one of the things because you can choose different personalities for your droid. Uh huh. Um, Interesting. I looked; there were several different ones to choose from, from what I saw. So. Huh. If I had to choose, like if I was going to choose one, not just because it's a little less expensive, but because I feel like I would get more out of the droid, truthfully. I mean, it's a smaller, it's not like a full-size droid. It's a smaller remote-controlled version, but still. Mm -hmm. You know, if it has its own personality and stuff like that, that would be pretty cool. It's pretty impressive that they can do something like that. Yeah. And... I mean, I like the idea of building a lightsaber. I would probably pick a purple one just because it's the most rare, as they call it, kyber crystal. But um, that would be neat to do. I just, what would I do with a lights, a two hundred dollar lightsaber as a grown man at this point? I mean, I could, <laughs> you know, where am I? What am I gonna do with it? So yeah. yeah. How do I justify that? To, um, <laughs> you're going to use it in cosplay whenever the uh, <laughs> hotel opens. Oh, there you have it. Okay, sure. That's how I'll justify it. Mm. So <laughs> I, I just, I, I think it's cool for the experience. You know, you get a good quality lightsaber plus the experience. So it's not a terrible price for those who really like this thing but i just can't justify it for myself the droid uh, would be kind yeah. of a cool toy but i'm sure my kids would break it immediately so can't really justify that either uh, don't be so negative it might uh it probably wouldn't be that bad r2 would be doing his little squeal <laughs> immediately i must say whenever i saw my first impressions of the land itself 
-hmm. They did a really good job with the immersion. I mean, it looked oh gosh, like yeah. you were on the set of the film or yeah, something. The, the detail somewhere, yeah. especially yeah. like I think honestly, I'm gonna sound weird saying this, but I think I would probably get a little emotional being like that close to the Falcon because it's just like my childhood that's like my favorite thing and most people probably would agree with me that you know who are my age or yeah. grew up with the original films it's like your favorite ship from star wars and it's like a big part of your life i had the giant one i had several small model ones i had the little micro machine ones or whatever they're called back in the 90s you know when they re-released all this stuff so i had like I five say, millennium falcons <laughs> right yeah but I have like five or six different Millennium Falcons of different sizes and shapes. And I yeah. loved playing with those when I was a kid. So to see like the real life one, I would probably be like taken back by it. Yeah. I think that's just it. The visual, like yeah. um, how well they pulled that stuff off, that would probably be the big thing for me. Yeah. Um as far as that goes, mm -hmm. um, you were mentioned about being emotional seeing it. Um, what's what's the guy's name from Touring Plans? The one that you talked about does Brian. a lot of the. Uh, he does a. I think that's the one. Brian the one with glasses. Yeah, Brian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think he's good. Several have glasses, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, he when he was doing his vlog of going into it, and he turned the corner and. Uh, saw the Falcon, you know, uh, yeah. the way that all unfolded. He got a little emotional. Did he? Wow. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. yeah believe I know, it or not. I know Justin so. Scar did uh, when he walked into the area where the chessboard is and all that stuff. Um, he did too. So. Yeah, no, see, that would be really cool seeing all that for the first time, being on the inside. I mean, that would be really neat to do, to experience. Yeah, and get your photo, of course. But, you know, Justin Scard pointed out something that nobody else I saw noticed, which was they had the Hydro's banners, like the little tool kit Exactly. There. You can tell the difference between the, the, the vloggers that are doing it because, you know, they think it's cool right. and it's for their vlog versus the people who are genuinely, like... Star Wars fans. Fans, like, yeah. Because yeah. Scard definitely showed that he knew his stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And the the place where Leia was working on that thing that just like turned whatever that thing was that little whatever it was where she called him a scoundrel uh, Han a scoundrel that oh, apparently yeah, yeah. is in there so that's yeah, really the cool. first thing I think when the first thing he pointed out when he came in was the place where Luke was sitting when they were reconstructing his hand right yeah the so, exactly he pointed that out oh yeah where yeah yeah so he he definitely knows his Star Wars and is a big fan and so yeah I, I those kind of details are amazing the little things like the droid who's at Ronto Roasters that are is just you know constantly turning the the Ronto hides or whatever they are right and the pod racing engine that's like <laughs> roasting it's just that kind of detail is really awesome I would love to just stare at that for a while Right, stuff like that in that, the land's really cool. Yeah, yeah, it it is, and um, I've actually seen a video that kind of talks about the way they did the land with the reservation system and everything. I think I think this is, well, I think this piece of advice I should say is 
because of the reservation system. But yeah. they said that when you go in, it might be better or advantageous for you to do smugglers run last. And right. I, like I said, I think that probably only works with the reservation system because yeah. they were talking about how the line, especially for the cantina, got long pretty quick. It probably yeah. got long quicker than anything else. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. And um, and the spe- lightsaber making. Oh, yeah. The- right. Because it's very limited. There's only like maybe 10 or 15 people at a time doing that. And it takes yeah. probably 15, 20 minutes, I imagine. So I don't think it was that long, actually. After the video really? I watched, okay. I had to go back and look how long the actual process was. Okay. It seemed like it, it might was- take up to 15 minutes at least. But I don't know. I don't know. think it was quite that long. Okay, well, maybe. But speaking of the cantina, seeing Rex from you know Star Tours, a lot of people yes. would, actually younger people wouldn't even know who Rex is probably. But of course, I, I noticed on uh, Craig from the Diz's Instagram, he did a couple of live ones when he was doing the media preview. Paul Rubin was actually there for the media preview as well, and he kind of ran was into he? him in one of the stores. So I guess he got invited because he obviously voices Rex and did the did the some of the new dialogue, of course, for him being the DJ. Mm. But what I thought was cool was hearing him do some of the stuff from Star Tours, some of the lines like kind of like he's malfunctioning a little bit and then just spurts out some of the lines from Star Tours. <laughs> That's really cool touch. So, you know, Disney, it's you got to hand it to the Imagineers for thinking of all the people who would, you know, be fanboying out about Rex and wanting to hear some of the old stuff that he says. So it's really cool there. Yeah, I wonder if he has, like, a loop as far as the dialogue goes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he does. I bet it's, like, Sunny Eclipse. Very similar to that. Yeah. So, I mean, you think that'll allow you to go in there and just, like, film the... Like Rex for however long until his loop is done. I'm sure somebody then, will, regardless, <laughs> or try to, as long the as whole they're thing. allowed to stay in it. Yeah. yeah. One thing, too, but I've seen with everybody um, talking about the cantina, you know, the drinks are, like, they're mixed drinks. They have a menu. Yeah. But they are all on tap, so they're not actually mixing them. So oh, if you're wanting to go in there and ask for a drink that's not on the menu, you really can't get it. Like Like they were saying, say, if you go in and ask for a screwdriver... They can't mix you up a screwdriver because they're all pre-mixed, whatever they did in that oh, drink. So I see. Gotcha. So, so basically, like I say, all the, the, the people there that are manning the bar, they don't have to actually mix anything up. They just take it out of the tap and give it to you pretty much. Interesting. And it probably helps with volume, especially the, the amount of turnover they're going to need to do, especially early on. So it probably helps time-wise. Right. Like you just order, okay, I want this. They just whip it up and it's done. They right. don't, even though... You know, mixing a drink together doesn't take a significant amount of time. When you add all the seconds even together yeah. in a day, it definitely does save time right. <laughs> doing it that way. So Makes sense. And it helps, I think, with the atmosphere, like keeping it like you're in another world type thing. Like having those type, you know, having not having drinks from this world, if that makes sense. Yeah. That are, you can... Having stuff pre-made for like it's coming from another galaxy. Yeah, I think it keeps the theming true. 
it does, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. It looks neat. There was one that was like the carbon freeze or something like that, where it was like bubbling and stuff. So there's definitely some interesting looking ones that they have. Yeah, and we saw very mixed reviews on the blue and green milk. Yeah, I noticed that a lot. Not a lot of people were fans of them. I think the blue one is a mixture of like coconut milk and some other things, and the green one is more fruity flavored, I think. I don't remember exactly the combination, but it is like milks, different types of milk, like coconut milk or almond milk or things like that, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know how I'd feel about it either. And they're cold, right? They're like frozen drinks. So I wasn't expecting that either. Well, one of them was like a slushy, but not the other one not so much from what I saw the okay. you know, the descriptions. There's not a lot of people big fans of the food in general, except for the main food place, Docking Bay Seven. There was some people talking about some of the items there. Yeah, but the other food that you get out of there, the snacks and stuff, there was not really a whole lot of big reviews that I saw come out, like raving reviews about it or anything. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. I guess uh, they did say there was not a lot of really kid-friendly options over there. So they said if you have if you're bringing kids in, eat before you go into Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. So that might be a a good yeah. thing to do. Yeah, you have to balance the weirdness of what a Star Wars food item would be with something that a kid might eat. I think that's probably why they have the popcorn thing that's so colorful. That I've heard mixed reviews on that too. But yeah. some people really like it. Some people think it's me eh, not that good. So, so what about Hondo? Hondo It's really impressive. Yes. Yeah, I thought it was good. A lot of people were saying they didn't believe. Like, it looked like a real person. It was like, eh, it, looks, it still, to me, moves like an animatronic. But it's it's very fluid like and very impressive. I would say definitely like the Navi Shaman and Navi River Journey, it, it, that level of you know movement. Right. I was impressed by it. Even though I kind of think it's not, like, you know, perfectly lifelike. It still was impressive. Now, I know right now we're just talking about things... Mm -hmm. as we've seen them, yeah, like other people's coverage of the land and things like that. As far as what you've watched of Smuggler's mm -hmm. Run, yeah, first impressions? Well, I think that I would want to be the right pilot because you get to do the light speed. <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting how they divide out the roles where everyone kind of has a half role. So you really do have to work together to to make it successful or to to not like crash the Falcon. Every every video I've seen, the people have like had the Falcon kind of beat up at the end of the ride, where it's like when you exit, you hear all the you know the sounds of like electric stuff breaking and uh, messing up, whatever, because you crashed so many times. I imagine it's hard to learn because the people on the right are go the pilot goes up and down but the other person goes left and right so you really have to work right. in sync and if you're like a single rider you're really not familiar with the person you're with so it's going to be hard to work together on stuff so I don't know if yeah. I feel like it's if you come with a group of 6 and you're all friends or family 
you might have a more enjoyable time versus being stuck with people you don't know and not really in sync with necessarily. So, Right. And I think there might be a lot of requests uh, to write with certain people, I'm sure. Right, or trade yeah. with somebody. Because it's random, right? That they don't, from what I've seen, they don't give you the option to pick what you want. They just assign yeah. you a position. I'm so sure you could trade, but <laughs> yeah. I personally, I mean, I guess I don't care what role I would get. I personally still think I would like the gunner position better, but yeah, that's just me. Uh, but, you know, piloting the Falcon, obviously, is going to be yeah. fun no matter what. But like you say, the way it's laid out, you got to rely on whoever's sitting beside you that's going left to right. If they're going to do it at the right moment. All you can control is the up and the down. Yeah. And, of course, light speed. Yeah. Um, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, the yeah it could be a challenge. And and it sounds like the gunners are somewhat reliant upon what direction the Falcons pointed in a little bit. Yeah. Based on the drivers. It seems like all so. you do is just mash buttons for the most part. Um, at least as the pilot, you can kind of control a little bit of where it goes. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure a lot of it is simulated as well. You're you're not really controlling it as much as you think, I guess. Right. So, but it looks. I mean, this would the repeatability of this ride is extremely high because. If you don't get pilot the first time, you're going to want to do it again, just so you can do that. And then if you're pilot, you'd be like, oh, I want to see what the gunner position's like. And then right. you want to just be able to look around and enjoy it, too, rather than just immediately get well, into the role. As far as experiencing everything, it's at least as repeatable as Star Tours. Yeah. And like a one in six chance you're going to get to see all, right. all the stuff on it as well. Something yeah. along those lines. Right. I mean, there's several different ways it could play out. But, right. This um, one I like. I I would definitely like more because you're. It's like mixing Mission Space with Star Tours. See, you know. I, my my first impression of the actual like ride layout is, I actually kind of agree. I, and this is one I saw. I kind of agree with Lynn from Touring Plans. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which I found myself agreeing with him a lot and stuff in the past. Yeah. Um. His first impressions, like he said, it depended a lot on who you're with. Like he said, they had some people that didn't really uh, fly the Falcon control it very well on the group they were in. Right. As far as experience. But he said, you know, the fact that he said at the end, there was one of the other guys that was with him from Touring Plans when they asked about it. And he brought up Star Tours. And, you know, Lynn said, just the fact that we're comparing which is better between this and Star Tours should say a lot right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it's definitely yeah. better than Star Tours. There's no question in my mind. Well, I mean, you haven't experienced it yet, so... Yeah, I don't think I would question it, though, because you're actually in in it, and it's more intimate, and you control it to some degree, and it's the Falcon. I mean, it's, it's much different than Star Tours to me. Yeah. I kind of get whenever I heard that perspective, though I looked at it and I'm like, you know, it is—it's like Star Tours on steroids. Yeah. Just like I said, you know, before Flight with Pandora, yeah. Flight of Passage is soaring on steroids. Right. This is Star Tours on it's steroids. It's very similar. Yeah, yeah, you know, doing the challenge last week, and of course we got to ride Flight of Passage and Soren in the same day. I did think a lot about the both attractions, like. It is very similar. You're just in front of a giant screen, 
And if you look around, you see the people around you looking at the same screen you're looking at. So it's just a more immersive version of it, you know, Flight of Passages. And now that I've done Flight of Passage like a million times, it feels like, uh, it's still a lot of fun, but you start to realize the, you know, it's not as amazing as you think the first time you do it. So with Smuggler's Run, though, at least you get different you can do a different role each time and it makes it a little fresher and I think there's several different missions you go on that's not the same one all over and over again so um, it, it makes it repeatable more so I think right and I think they were mentioning too about the you know the the mission that you're on they just kind of felt that the story was a little bit on the weak side for what you had to do you know for yeah. it but yeah. Um yeah. maybe. I also I, don't know. I also think the guy who voices Hondo Anaka is a little annoying in the ride cuz he's talking so much to you. You get yeah. to hear Chewbacca a little bit, but at least right. like he's like constantly in your ear telling you what to do and where to go and what's happening in front of you and his his, his voice is a little annoying to me after a while, so I don't know. I don't know. I I'd much rather just be able to do what I want to do, <laughs> but right. Well, again, you know, all of this is based on what we've been able to see exactly. Yeah. Social media so far, we haven't actually been experienced. Right. From the outside looking in, I think the biggest thing about it is the attention to detail. Yeah. The physical attention to detail, For the sure. fact that you're in the Falcon. Yeah. But the, you know, I I could I could understand that viewpoint where the experience itself, like the actual ride part, the story and everything, yeah. it could be lacking. Right, but the attention to detail and just the fact that you're in the Falcon is gonna totally win most people over. Oh yeah. Uh, it, the question yeah. is, will that have the long term level of enjoyment? You know. Yeah, I think it will. You, you think so? I think okay. it will. As far as the merch goes, one of the things that I thought was cool was very similar to the uh, Banshee on your shoulder. The, oh yeah. Um, what are those things called? Um, I always said the, the Jabba's henchman or whatever it was. Yeah. Was <laughs> it, it was right there at his tail. Looks just like that. Yeah. That's what it... Right. I mean, that's what it is. But I think it's a... I forgot what it's called. Kawakian monkey lizard or something like that. But yeah. what is the the name of the character? Um, I can't remember. In Return of the Jedi. It's, it's terrible. I can't remember that. But um, that's kind of a neat little thing. I, I actually kind of want that. <laughs> I don't know why. Just to make it laugh and go, the, I was going to say, the only thing I could think of when you mentioned that, when it, the first thing I think of it in Return of the Jedi is the scene where he's looking at Leia's legs. So, <laughs> right. you know, whenever she's, yeah, <laughs> whenever she's all decked out in the, I don't know what you would call it, the, the slave girl Jabba's outfit. slave girl yeah. outfit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody remembers that, <laughs> of course. But and that and now I'm thinking of the Friends episode. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lord. So th- there's some cool merch. Um, I like the Coca-Cola bottles that's in the Arabesh language. I think it is. Which, by the way, I did look on eBay. Some some folks were selling those things for ridiculous amounts of money, which we knew would happen. <laughs> 
We'll see if Disney starts right. hunting them down and revoking their annual passes or whatever. Right. As has been the last couple of news stories, we seem to be Galaxy's Edge full. But I mean, it was it was bound to be because it was it was yeah. a big thing. There was a lot to talk about. We'll so, get to the yeah. other stuff in a minute. But yeah. By so, the way, I'm looking at one right now. Someone's selling a Coke bottle for forty bucks on eBay right now. Has forty yeah. watchers on it. <laughs> well, there was um, anyway. one of the vloggers that. By the way, since I, since we were talking about vloggers covering it, yeah. I think one of my favorite overall coverage because it seems like he managed to capture what, it, and he does this well. I don't know how he manages to do it, but he managed to capture what it would be like to actually be in the thick of it. And that's Adam the Woo. Yeah. I don't know what he, something about the way he vlogs, it kind of, he kind of puts you in his position in a way. Like you're yeah. right there with it. Yeah, he does. Um, he definitely does a good job. Yeah. I just, I mean, like you said, though, Justin had the, the details because he was really, yeah. you can tell he's the Star Wars fan that was yeah. covering it <laughs> right? out of the more popular ones. Yes, for so, sure. You know, Tim, he's usually very entertaining in a lot of different ways, but you, know, you can tell his limit, his knowledge of right. a lot of the stuff he does is very limited. Right. Um, or he just found it out, one of the yeah. two. He's not like but, a super fan of Star Wars. He's a casual, right. more casual Star Wars fan. He's more casual Disney fan, even, for the most part. So Yeah, to some degree. He just is the biggest one now, and so Disney invites right. him out for everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's well, and it's, like I said, though, the vlog's well done. That's the main thing. Yeah. And, you know, he usually does the shopping part, which I'm sure Disney loves that. They're probably thinking, cha-ching. Exactly. So, yeah, he's very whenever, relatable. Whenever he's showing off the items, they probably sold. They probably noticed that there's a correlation between the items he shows off and their actual sales. Yeah. That must be what it is. Yeah, they know. Yeah, they know where the money is. Yep. All right. Well, is that should we move on a little bit from Galaxy's Edge for a while since we talked for 30 minutes almost on it? Yeah, well, trying to find stories that are non-Galaxy's Edge related right now are yeah. actually pretty <laughs> scarce. True. Uh, well, I've got one that I'll I'll throw in to start with, and that is, you know, we're not only getting a new Halloween fireworks show this year, but we're getting a new Christmas one now that is called Minnie's Wonderful Christmas Time Fireworks. So it will debut at the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party starting this year in November and November 8th through December 22nd. So is with the title is the music going to be Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney? Yeah, I wonder. Minnie's Wonderful Christmas Time Fireworks Show hosted by the one and only Minnie Mouse, really? I would have never guessed. Is going to celebrate the <laughs> magic of Christmas with melodies of beloved holiday songs from Joy to the World, Deck the Halls, Up on the Housetop, and We Wish You a Merry Christmas. The holiday music will evoke a heartfelt moment of home and family, as well as the festive fun of the season, before an incredible finale you won't want to miss. So wonderful Christmas time's not even featured. That's kind of disappointing, given the time. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. It should be all... Uh, Paul McCartney on that one. Should at least be involved. Some weird 70s synthesizer stuff. <laughs> right. Should at least be involved there. Maybe it will be. Maybe they're make, assuming people will just, because of the name, assume it's automatically 
included. Well, to go along with the story you just had, Walt Disney World reveals 2019 holiday events, including all four parks and Disney Springs. All right. So, Animal Kingdom has holiday festivities in every land for the first time. I think we touched on this. We did, yeah, a little bit a couple weeks ago, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, this is really the first time that they're going to have holiday decor. You just mentioned new fireworks show and holiday experiences at Magic Kingdom. Also, to go along with that, each of this year's 23 nights of Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party will feature performances of Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas Time Parade, of course, a totally Tomorrowland Christmas, and Mickey's Most Merriest Celebration stage show. And as has as they did last year, and I believe the year before, it might even be more recent. It might even be one more. It might have been the last two years, or three years, I mean. And during a frozen holiday wish, Queen Elsa will magically transform the castle with glistening ice, which she's done that, I know, at least the last two years. I'm thinking yeah. it's been three years. Oh, at least, yeah, maybe more. Yeah. Three or four years, probably. Yeah, once they've kind of integrated that. Yeah. She did it back in yep. 2015, I remember. Oh, really? So it's yeah. been longer than I think. Okay. Yeah. Candlelight processional, holiday kitchens, and more will be happening over at Epcot. Says a special holiday kitchen sprinkled throughout World Showcase will serve up tasty treats inspired by treasured holiday recipes across the globe. Yeah, I remember once upon a time, Christmas over at Epcot. It was really more about the decorations or all the parks. Yeah, more so, and then they had a gingerbread house as well. But it appears as though they're making even the Christmas season a Christmas version of food and wine. Oh yeah, I just haven't seen the yeah. wine part. Festival so, of Holidays. I'm sure there is I'm, alcohol. Yeah, I'm sure there's the, alcohol involved, yes. Yeah, yeah. Always. Um, it's Epcot, after Chip, all. Chip and Dale's Christmas tree spree scavenger hunt. Didn't you almost do that or something? Um, The Christmas one? No, I've done the Easter one and the other... Oh, it's the Easter. Some of the other holidays, yeah. But it's similar. Okay. And, of course premiered to schedule October the 1st this year at Epcot, uh, holiday guests will be among the first to view Epcot forever. Yeah, because it'll exactly. Because be scheduled yeah. for, high, right. for October 1st. So The temporary show, um, Epcot Forever. Yes, the temporary <laughs> show, which they must have... Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll move along. Disney's Hollywood Studios, Sunset Greetings, Special Holiday Entertainment. And this year you'll be able to live your Star Wars story at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, of course where you may just find the perfect holiday gift from a galaxy far, far away. Sounds just like someone worth that in there. Uh, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, of course, is is used. So some of these things, they're, they're things that have been around because the Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam, I mean, I don't, unless there's something different about the, the, what they're going to be putting up there. That's been around for a few years. Frozen sing-along, have a special holiday finale in that one. Disney Springs will have new holiday shopping and some, and uh, dining and more. It says that if you're visiting the popular Christmas tree trail at Disney Springs, you'll be treated to custom decorated holiday trees, each dedicated to a popular Disney theme featuring characters like Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, and others. Santa Chalet, a jolly Santa Claus Welcomes guests from December the 25th through the 31st. Uh, Santa Goofy takes over. Right. After old St. Nick returns to the North Pole. Right. 
And I'm sure part of that, that the reason why they have, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they have part of that continued, I should say, that draw for that time period because of how busy it is. That's why they replace it with Santa Goofy. Yeah. Always trying to stick true to theming because Santa should not be around, right? Exactly. It makes sense. Yeah. There you Santa's go. Santa's busy. And you're invited to join in Stitch's holiday gift hunt. Ugh. And discover where the mischievous experiment 626 is hiding. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess that I guess that could prove to be interesting if you're on a scavenger hunt, I guess, with Stitch over the all of Disney Springs. Yeah. So really, it's just an early taste of the holiday magic coming to all four theme parks and Disney Springs this year. Yeah. So there you go. It's uh, not even July, and we're already thinking about Christmas. Oh, Christmas in July. Yeah. So, so Christmas in June. Christmas came early this year. Well, yeah, they <laughs> they got to be thinking about it though, yeah. because they have to be prepared. They right. have to have the stuff announced. Christmas in July of. came early. Not only that, it's not going to be too much longer before they start releasing um, twenty twenty dates either. They do that in June. Right. Well, keeping on the Christmas theme, let's discuss a little bit about the narrators that are coming to the Candlelight Processional this year. It's not any big surprise. We have the usual suspects, Whoopi Goldberg and Pat Sajak, who have done it multi-times. Haven't heard... uh, Neil Patrick Harris hasn't confirmed yet, which is surprising. He's usually like a consistent one. But I'm sure he'll be one of them. Uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman will also be doing it from December 22nd through Christmas Eve. And Edward James Almos, who also did it last year, will be doing Christmas Day and the day after Christmas. Whoopi Goldberg's doing it for two nights. Early December, Pat Sajak is kind of mid-December 16th through the 18th. So those are the only four currently confirmed, but they'll fill in the rest and... Hopefully we get Stamos again. Hopefully we get Neil Patrick Harris, which I'm sure he'll be there. He usually is, so he's a big Disney fan, so I'm sure he will be there unless he's like doing something uh, work-related, you know, filming something. But he's usually a consistent one. So, but that's who is confirmed currently. That was a short one. Well, if you thought that was short, then you should hear this one. All right. Because new Toy Story 4 Bo Peep meet and greet is happening in Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios in preparation for the new film. Interesting. Uh, So that's going on now. So um, Bo Peep and her new get-up. Kind of looks creepy. The modern woman get-up. She's wearing pants. (laughs) (laughs) No, she was wearing something kind of like pants before. I thought she was wearing a dress before. Bo Peep. No, it's so... Go back and look at it again. It's well, maybe I'm thinking of what's underneath the dress. Maybe she was wearing a dress, right? Because they have. You're always. Because I think they had. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking they showed this scene like you know when she had wearing those what are those things called? <laughs> I don't know because they like spread out kind of like pants, but never mind. Yeah. We'll move along from that part. Uh, but Toy Story starting June 21st. Kind of creepy looking. So that should be a big one. Yeah. Kind of creepy looking to me, like. Honestly, all of the Toy Story characters look kind of weird to me. They don't look quite right. Jesse, I see what you're saying. Is 
probably the closest to looking yeah. correct, but Woody, I never thought looked like Woody that much, and Buzz doesn't quite look like the right color, like his purple isn't purple enough, I don't know. And then this Bo Peep just looks like a creepy ex-murderer person <laughs> to <Okay>. me. <laughs> it just looks weird. But, you, you know. know in, a, in an odd way, it kind of reminds me of like like early day um, Mickey and Donald and Minnie and all yeah. that stuff. Because how, how weird they looked whenever they were That's first true. released. Oh my gosh. If you look so. at the opening of Disneyland in 1955, yeah. the Mickey, I think they borrowed them from the ice capades or something it were horrible looking mickey costumes and then even 1971 the mickey that's standing next to roy doing the dedication looks very different than what he looks like now obviously so they've gotten a lot better with mickey but it took them you know 40 years to get mickey looking right (laughs) in the parks so i think too though what what the difference is maybe this is just a thought like the the Pixar characters, you know, being digitally created, maybe they're harder to pinpoint in real life, like to pin, pin down what they yeah. should look like than animated maybe, ones. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Maybe could be. I don't know. Just something about the Woody and the Buzz just don't. Buzz looks something closer, off. obviously, than than Woody. I think, but it just isn't quite the same. That it doesn't look quite right to me. Well, you know, if they could have the characters walk around with like a digital face like Buzz is and uh, <laughs> and Space Ranger Spin, it would look right. more accurate. Probably. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> if they had those little projection faces. They won't even have people in the costumes. There'll be yeah. droids walking around just about the, yeah. playing the characters. Probably. Saves money in the <laughs> long run, right? Probably. Well, let's talk about this weird story that I still don't believe. We've heard several of these odd things about Epcot coming out and they're some sources have said that this is happening a brazil pavilion going between germany and italy i just still am not sure until i see disney officially say something about it (laughs) i don't know but i assume that means the train the toy trains would be going away if that's the case between italy and germany yeah i i don't know i don't Uh, i don't quite see that be I would think more likely take the way the the African outpost yeah. would be more, or right feasible. in that yeah because it seems like a bigger spot over there, next to the outpost area. I don't know. I, this has been a rumor for years and years and years, so I don't know why right. all of a sudden it's popped back up saying, "Oh, this is going to happen for sure." I don't know. I'm still skeptical. I think we'll find something out at D23 from Disney, and that's when I'll hold my, you know, judgment about. If there's this. something to find out, right? It could be a letdown. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I always thought that Brazil came to Epcot every summer, pretty much, like <laughs> okay. literally the entire country of Brazil. It sure felt that right, way. Right. In, in the form <laughs> of tour groups. Yes. I see. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yes. So it used to. I don't know. Lately. I haven't noticed as much, but we'll see in July if it's the same case uh, when I'm there in July. There you go. You can find out. That that's a new challenge that's presented to all the parkeology uh, people around <laughs> the parkeology right. parkeology during that run in July. So. Yeah. That'll be interesting. 
I think this is pretty cool, this Haunted Mansion 50th anniversary being materialized in Lego. Yeah, in the Disney World version. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming there's a Disneyland one, too. Yeah. Well, I mean... I'm looking, I don't see I didn't see one. one, but... I'm sure there could be one built. I've always thought the facade in Florida was better. Yeah. I've always thought that... Attraction was better, really. Yeah. I don't agree. Currently, it's my least favorite attraction at Disney World right now. (laughs) (laughs) You'll find out next week why, or next episode, one of the next episodes when we recap our run. If you haven't followed along already, but um, well, it's it's still my favorite. So it's my least favorite right now. (laughs) It's still a bit bitter. Yeah, I will never ride this attraction again until I have to. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's still a great attraction. It just uh, apparently sucks and doesn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it can't it's stay like, active long sense. enough for for twelve dang straight minutes. So <laughs> without breaking down. Well, we're kind of we're not gonna go too in depth as to the yeah. Let's I, not spoil it. I was gonna say the last time the last. I can't remember the last time that I went on a haunted mansion and it didn't have at least a brief stop. Yeah, no, we were expecting something, but it's usually not but a minute or two at the most, and it's usually not three times in a row. Right. So. Anyway. So um, there's been a new Alien Pizza Planet sign installed at Disneyland. I guess the restaurant's complete. Their Pizza Planet is back as far oh, yeah. as Disneyland goes. Alien Pizza Planet, yeah, they added yeah. that to the sign. It's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it still has kind of a Pizza Planet look. You know, the Pizza Planet at um, Hollywood Studios just—I don't know—it never did. It never did really feel capture, like Pizza Planet. <laughs> I guess. I yeah. mean, in some ways it did, but not. We ate know. there. Um, yeah. I don't remember much about it. I just remember we have pictures of us eating food there. Right. Um, Yeah, you don't remember much about the food. I mean, when it's Pizza Planet, I mean, it's it's, pizza, as we've mentioned before, it's not something that Disney does an amazing job with, no matter where they put it, it seems like. Yeah. I'll have to see what Via Napoli is like. It's good. I think just across the park, it's not that they couldn't. It's that they don't put the effort into it because they know that pizza is usually one of those things that people are going to buy regardless. Yeah, and it's one of the few things that most kids will eat. Chicken nuggets, burgers, and pizza. It's about all kids will eat. Right. You can skimp on those things. Yeah. If if there's an area to skimp on, that's it. Yeah, and if there's an area to skimp on, Disney will find it. Right, exactly. (laughs) Apparently you can't... (laughs) Apparently you can't skimp on hot dogs though because people notice. Yeah. By the way, I did eat corn dog nuggets at Casey's after our run just to just to do it and they were the beef ones, they weren't chicken. They were didn't they look amazing. Good. No, they were not that good. <laughs> they were still not amazing. <laughs> nope. Not good at all actually. They were okay. I mean, yeah. I I could buy the same thing at the grocery store and feel the same way about them. They weren't great at all actually. So, you know, corn dogs are one of those things that, you know, every once in a while I might get a hankering, I guess you could say for it, if, yeah. if I can use that as a word, that, you know, that I'll, I'll want one. And, it, you know, it's not one of those things that I ever complain about the quality of it. I mean, it's a corn dog. And 
as like one of the reviews when they were eating the chicken ones, they talked about putting a lot of mustard on it or whatever. I usually do that anyway, so I'm not it doesn't really the the quality of the, the meat inside of it does not never been a factor because I'm usually dipping it in mustard and it's good that way. Yeah. So Well last thing I just wanted to briefly mention is the lightning speed that it seems the Tron coaster construction is going under because we got to see you know a lot of the indoor portion or that will be the indoor portion of the coaster is done um, already put together it looks like they're going to build the building around it like they did rock and roller coaster not guardians but there's a lot of track already in place so it looks like this building is probably going to shoot up over the next month or so and as we were driving in on 429 we could see that red crane from the distance (laughs) so that thing is big that red crane that's been out there for the last few months um, working on the coaster construction Um, we could see it from like I don't know several miles away five or six miles away on 429 you know you can start you can kind of see the castle you can see the contemporary and then you see this giant red crane next to it so space mountain is visible but so anyway it's moving along so good stuff and last thing that i see that i want to mention is the construction update on the riviera resort but specifically the Skyliner station there. Yeah. The Skyliner station looks like it's nearing completion at Riviera. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the resort itself is a good ways off from what I've seen on the points renting sites that they're not available for rental until December the 16th. Right. Mm -hmm. But they do show them out there. Right. So, I don't see Riviera like surprising anybody by being open any earlier than Christmas time. Yeah. For reservations, okay? Yeah. However, I think the station being completed and based on how it looks, it's practically there. I think the station being completed is really say for instance just going to be a turnaround yeah. to start with because I really right. feel like Agreed. Just based on everything we've seen, Skyliner Station-wise, I really feel like this is going to be open either just before or around the time that Galaxy's Edge is open. I mean, because yeah. there's been no question that they've really been stressing, practicing, or oh, not really practicing, but testing. <laughs> testing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the runs between Hollywood Studios and Epcot and Hollywood Studios towards the the resort area. Yeah. You know, they've really had those things running for a while now. Yeah. And they've got to just about have every car they plan on putting on it on the line general. Yeah. Uh almost. Right. So Yeah. That's that's got to be rolled out. I expect if they don't have an announcement at D twenty three regarding it, if they I mean they may be like saying, Hey, it's gonna open tomorrow by the time D twenty three gets here. But I just I really feel like that's not too far away at all from the looks yeah. of it. So, and they on the website they still say fall, but you gotta think about since the Halloween party starts in like early August at this point is fall August now. Is that what they're trying to? What is yeah? I'm gonna say what is fall the definition? Yeah, What's Disney's definition of fall. Exactly. 
And so as far as even... Galaxy's Edge was concerned, their definition of fall was the end of August. So yeah. we already know somewhat what their definition of fall is. Right. So, so I think it'll be open in time for Galaxy's Edge too, because we drove by the Riviera while we were headed to Disney Springs a few days ago, and yeah, the the Skyliner station looked pretty close to being done, but they're still scaffolding all up around the hotel itself. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. it's still a ways away from being done. Whereas, you know, driving by Coronado, Grandestino is pretty much done. It's just like the front entrance is the only area they're still kind of doing some construction where you kind of drive up under the, to drop off your luggage kind of area that's still under some construction. But everything else looks done at Coronado. So, All right. All right, well. Well, that's all I've got. Well, that will do it for this episode of Traveling with the Mouse. You can visit us on the World Wide Web, travelingwiththemouse.com. And you can email us, podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. And we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash podcast. If you want to help support the show financially, we would greatly appreciate it. We will be adding some bonus content there. For you to enjoy. Uh, you can find us on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, all at TWTM Podcast. You may have uh, followed along uh, on Twitter for the Parkeology Run. If you did, we're going to have that episode coming up soon. We also have a Spreadshirt store in which you can buy your exclusive TWTM merchandise. That is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM Podcast. So for John Martin, my name is Adam, and we will see you on our next trip. 